Hello everyone, I'm Larry Walsh and this is Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group where we talk with business leaders, technology experts, and influencers shaping the world and the marketplaces around us. Many vendors that sell with and through partners like to talk about their commitment to the channel. If you've been around the industry as long as I have, you've gone to numerous meetings, briefings, and conferences where executives from the CEO to product managers will talk religiously about their commitment to channels and partners. Back at headquarters, though, the conversations are quite different. In private settings, channel chiefs often lament that they constantly have to explain the purpose of the channel, defend the channel's value, and educate upper and peer-level executives about channel contributions. Channel chiefs find themselves playing defense because of the very nature of channels. They're often overlays to other, multiple parts of the business. And while channels contribute tremendously to a company's revenue, profitability, and growth, they're easily dismissed from the credit. Channel chiefs have multiple tools and tricks for showing the value of channels. I've seen many a channel chief dashboard in which they measure sales conducted, facilitated, or influenced by partners. They show the number of partners recruited, trained, and certified. They track deal registrations. They monitor marketing activities and communication volumes. They create reports about products sold into and through distribution. It all sounds good, but these numbers too are dismissible as other parts of the business can take credit for the contributions because they have direct touch on the revenue source or, to put it more precisely, they carry the number whereas channels are just an overlay. Riverbed Technology, a leader in network performance management, is one such company where channels are highly important to the go-to-market strategy, but still pressured to demonstrate their net worth to the total operation. Riverbed sells 95% of its products through or with partners, yet it struggled to show precisely how partners contributed to the value in terms of profit contributions, cost of sales containment, productivity, and market reach. Everyone recognized that Riverbed couldn't service its customers or cover the total addressable market without the channel, but they couldn't connect the dots between contributions, partners, and customers. Two years ago, Riverbed's channel organization decided to get created and emulate its peer organizations. Various divisions, such as sales and product management, had profit and loss statements. So why didn't the channel? The channel organization developed a virtual profit and loss statement, or PNL through which it could show the relationship of channel investments to return on investment. It made a huge difference in seeing and understanding the value, contribution, and power of the channel to Riverbed. I recently spoke with Cindy Herndon, the Vice President of Global Channel Programs and Operations, about the need for data in analyzing, understanding, and explaining channel contributions to management. She introduced me to the concept of the virtual P&L for the channel and how Riverbed adopted the concept to create a single source of truth about channel contributions and value. Cindy describes herself as a change agent. She thrives on identifying and facilitating change. So the development of a virtual P&L was an opportunity to make change that could potentially have real impact. It sounds like a job for a real numbers geek. I am not a numbers geek, actually. Cindy is, though, a pragmatist who understands that change requires justification. And in the business world, justification is conveyed through data and analytics. And this is why developing the channel virtual P&L made so much sense. In the um, channel, most of us don't have our own P&L because the channel is going to layer across all different parts of the business, whether it's sales, operations, finance, marketing. Um, so 
generally we have bits and pieces that are in other people's P&Ls. But to really be able to understand how the channel works and its contribution to the business, you really need to build a virtual P&L, so as if the channel was its own business. And we call it that, channel as a business, C-A-A-B, and that's what our we call our P&L. Um, so it's virtual. We take measurements across, you know, um, all of sales, all of marketing, anyone, or, or SEs, anyone that's touching the channel. Um, and we measure, you know, what our costs are and what our productivity is. And it makes it very, um, once you do that, it's a lot easier to tell your story to your, you know, uh, C-suite, to your investors, to whoever, whoever needs to understand about the channel and what impacts we can have. We can tell it in a financial story. Some people may ask what the need for a channel virtual P&L is. After all, channel chiefs do track channel performance. They analyze point-of-sales data that's generated by their own operations and sales teams. They collect the same data from their distributors. They monitor deal registrations and they push partners to file reports and do business plans. They have entire strategy teams and operations teams that are constantly looking at what the channel is doing. And they hire consultants like 2112 to come in and validate what channel values is and contributions are. So why have another tool, particularly one as complex as a virtual P&L, to measure, yet again, channel performance? What is it that a virtual P&L can do that other tools and metrics can't? They don't tell a complete story. And they don't give you, you need to really have in-depth financial information um, to make the right decisions. Right? It's all about investments and resources, right? And understanding how productive those resources are. And unless you have this information, we, you don't have a story to tell. You have a lot of, oh, this guy did this, or we landed big deals, but that's very, you know, single opportunity, right? We're talking about big picture, where do we need our channel to go, and how do we invest in them? Um, and to make sure that you know, we are allocated appropriately. And you can't do that unless you've got a, a full view of the P&L. Channel people and organizations like to create all kinds of metrics to show the value of their operations and their partners. It's tempting to come up with a P&L-like instrument based on these common metrics like partner revenue, deal registrations, training completions, and so on. But that wouldn't have the same impact or meaning that Riverbed needed. Riverbed wanted to make channel contribution a bedrock measure of overall company performance. As Cindy explained, Riverbed started with the assumption that the average vendor of its size and type spends about 11 to 18 percent of its gross revenue on channels. That starting point helped Riverbed identify the data points that would align with the data in the line of business managers P&Ls and provide true measure of productivity and return on channel investment. The result is putting channel performance on the same page at the same level as a line of business owners that have real P&Ls. So at a very high level, we look at our program, excuse me, our program dollars against the business, so the bookings number. We look at our headcount dollars against the booking number. And then those added together against booking, so program plus headcount gives us our channel as a business 
Okay, so um, we worked with some analysts in the past that have told us that between 11 and 18 percent was the average um, in the industry. So we kind of try to you know balance that and say, okay, where do we need to be on the high end or the low end of that, depending on if we're you know enterprise heavy or more of a commercial you know value volume type thing. Um, and then we look at our program um, headcount ratio, and finally we come up with a productivity number. So the number of people that we have in a certain, like in the Americas maybe, divided by bookings, and we come up with productivity. If that number is not a multiplier of what our sales productivity number is, then we should be concerned, right? Um, so when we're looking at this, we're looking at the same metrics, the same data, not metrics, but the same data set that the PNLs are pulled for everybody else. When Cindy first started talking to me about the virtual PNL for the channel, I was fascinated. Why would a company take the time and effort to build and maintain a complex instrument like a PNL for an organization that didn't have PNL responsibility? The virtual PNL for channel isn't simply about a profit and loss statement relative to partner sales and performance. It's about answering questions with meaningful data. As Cindy explains, the virtual PNL solved one big issue first. Why is the channel important? Because the channel virtual PNL looks at the same data as the other line of business owners PNLs, Cindy and her organization could show real data on how the channel contributed and amplified overall performance and it show how Riverbed is getting its money's worth on the channel investment. Some people might call a channel P virtual P&L a defensive weapon. In reality, it's an instrument that removes ambiguity and provides real direction on what's happening in channel organizations and what to do with channels next. A couple of things, right? First of all, we always get that question, you know, what, why is the channel important to us? Okay, and um, what's their impact to sales or how are we driving business, right? And it's, you can tell stories without data or some limited data, but if you have that deep PL aligned in terms that your executive, um, executives are gonna really understand, it really helps them to buy into what you're trying to accomplish. So for example, our sales organization, so they'll, um, when they're in their PL, they're gonna look at what's the productivity, you know, what's the average productivity of their sales organization. What we do is the same thing. What's our productivity for our channel sales managers, which should be a multiplier of what a sales rep's productivity is. Because you're going to have one channel guy across multiple sales reps, right? And that should translate into a multiplier. You'll also be able to see if you don't have enough enough channel investment in maybe different countries or different regions, you know, based on what the productivity looks like or if there's no resources there. Um, so it helps you for decision making. Um, it helps for our leadership to determine whether they've made enough investment or too much investment. It also helps with strategy as well. If the Riverbed Channel organization were to build a virtual P&L to track and demonstrate its performance, it needed an audience beyond its own department managers. It couldn't just be an internal channel instrument. 
No, the Channel Virtual PNL needed an audience beyond the channel organization's bullpen, and that audience needed to accept the data as true and meaningful. The Channel Virtual PNL has several constituents. As Cindy explains, it's applicable to the heads of sales and chief revenue officers, the chief financial officer and finance departments, board of directors and investors, operations managers, product managers, and marketing. For channel organizations, the virtual P&L meant raising its profile and gaining visibility. If they could demonstrate value in a meaningful way, they would achieve what many channel organizations sought, credit for their contributions. When Riverbed and Cindy were building the channel virtual P&L, they knew it would have an impact, but not everyone did. Getting buy-in and acceptance took time and effort. I think it was at uh, you know different levels, right? We had some that totally got it right off the bat, right? As we built this and started presenting it and getting the idea across of what a channel PNL or this channel as a business meant, um, you know, we had some that are, you know agreed with what we were doing, and others that were like, you know, is this funny money that we're looking at, or is this coming from the you know real da data set? But as um, we were able to identify areas that we needed to grow or to adjust and show what our productivity impacts were going to be. That's when it became more and more evident to them that this is an important tool. You know, it, this isn't just about building a PL, it's using a PL. So we used the PL to determine where we were going to make our initial investments in, you know, whether it's program changes or tools or processes so forth. And each time that we did that, we identified the area of the P&L that we were going to impact so that we could report out, you know, on what those impacts were. Once they saw that we can make some true impacts on the channel business, which, oh, by the way, translate into the P&L for everybody else because it's the same data right? And they could watch it on their P&Ls and see the impacts. Once we were able to prove that, then it became, it changed the conversation for us. Um, we were able to, we talked about change earlier, we were able to accelerate the changes that we needed to have happen in, um, and I can't say just the channel, this had to be a riverbed change. The way we do our business, our policies, our processes, and systems, things that impacted not only our partners, not only our channel sales managers, but our sales organization and our customers, ultimately. Creating the virtual P&L for the channel organization wasn't easy for Riverbed. Technology vendors in general create two things, technology products and lots of data, and, and I mean lots of data. Technology vendors generate all kinds of data, and much of it is unorganized. It always amazes me how many companies that are built around the idea of harnessing data are often the worst offenders at not organizing data properly. And really, sometimes they're not even tracking the right things. When it comes to channels or the data the channel organizations need for virtual P&L, some data simply didn't exist. It took a year just to get the virtual P&L project off the ground because Cindy and the Riverbed Channel Organization had to identify, gather, and in some cases, create data. And what they found is that creating a virtual P&L also required changing some processes, not just for the channel organization, but for the company as a whole. No, this was not easy. 
this was rather difficult. And um, there was some data that um, finance really didn't track, that there was a separate mechanism for doing a channel calculation, right? So this took some time to work together and to make sure that we were using the same data sets and that they built in the channel you know, designations into what they were tracking, because they weren't before, right? They were two separate data sets, one for the company, one for the channel, even though over, you know, 95% of our business is channel. No, developing the channel virtual P&L wasn't easy for Riverbed, and the channel organization didn't do it alone. It needed executive buy-in and it needed allies. It needed the support of someone who could not just help them find the data and build models, but also someone who had the credibility to instill confidence in the project and the output. In Riverbed's channel P&L development, that person was the chief financial officer. We had to find that right person in finance that did and get a champion within finance to help us um, to drive that. And once that happened, then it, you know, when they bought into it, then it made it a lot easier for us. Um, it was our, uh, ultimately ended up being our CFO. Okay. Um, we started off with a director of finance who then moved over to um, run uh, the sales operations. And so his influence back on our CFO um, really helped us to get that the champion at the top. Channel chiefs often grapple with blind spots. Despite all the data, channel chiefs are often surprised when partners don't perform as expected or channel programs don't produce the expected results. They often lack clarity and visibility because they don't have the right tools or indicators. The channel virtual P&L helps define and demonstrate the value of channel programs. It calculates and tracks contributions. But a channel virtual P&L is also a barometer of channel performance and productivity, as well as investment effectiveness and where investments are needed. Cindy finds the channel virtual P&L is a divining rod, pointing where channels are doing well and where they need attention. Well, I, I think what was surprising is uh, some of the drill downs that we did into the P&Ls and the different um, uh, geographies, where we found that we were overinvested in channel in some areas. That was very surprising. Other areas where we felt that we were un, um, we, we had not invested enough, and we found out that actually we were doing pretty well, but our productivity um, needed to be addressed there, and it may be that we had the wrong people there, or we had, you know, we just had to rebalance resources. So those are the big things that were surprising to me. Probably one of the, the biggest pieces was the number of people in certain regions. We may have had a lot of our direct sales organization and channel sales that were in a region that the productivity was low. And when we went and took a look at it and we said, well, what was the opportunity there? And found that the opportunity did not match the investment that we had for both our you know, sales organization and our channel organization. So it takes a, it, a P&L is not going to tell you exactly what the issue is, it's going to identify where you need to look. As I said in the beginning, vendors often talk about how important channels are and how important channel partners are to their, to their revenue as well as their success. 
Internally though, there's always a little bit of friction. There's always a little bit of doubt that channels are producing what they're supposed to do, that they are worth the investment, that vendors may be able to do better if they didn't have channels dragging them down. You know, and oftentimes channel organizations get blamed when things go wrong, but they don't get the credit when things are going right. Since Riverbed put the channel virtual P&L in place, they found the channel organization is getting more attention, and it has a higher level of respect and credibility. In a sense, it has a seat at the table alongside, or at least virtually, all of the other executives and line of business managers that have P&Ls and rely on channel contributions. Absolutely, I think that this is, they take us a lot more seriously now that we are very data-driven. Um, we speak in the language that they need as they're speaking to our investors. The, the, the uh, Channel as Business P&L has been presented to our investors, so they get it as well, and they ask a lot of questions about it, and from, you know, one, at least once a quarter, probably twice a quarter now, I think, they ask us to come back in to take a look at it because it's of interest. Before, the channel was like this thing. Now it's a piece of the business that has a direct impact across the business. Executives, sales, and finance managers love data and they love numbers. But data and numbers aren't enough. They need context. As Cindy said several times during our conversation, the channel virtual P&L is a story. It's about telling a story about the channel's value and performance. It's, but it's more than just a story, though. As Cindy and I discovered in our chat, the virtual channel P&L is about telling a story in context. By aligning the virtual channel P&L with other P&Ls across the business, Cindy and other channel leaders at Riverbed were able to speak to the CEO, sales, finance, and other department heads in their native languages. And that makes a big difference. It helps in not just defining the value and contributions of the channel, it goes a long way in developing understanding and appreciation for the channel. You do get a lot of, oh, I'm constantly having to um, talk about why the channel is important. And they talk about it in terms of the relationship with a partner and a customer versus financially what this means to our company and how important it means to the profitability and the growth and the development of our company. And that changes the conversation at the executive level, right? Yeah, you're still going to have those conversations at the sales level, but if your executives are in line with that and they get it, and now they're saying, right, the channel is super important for us. We need to make sure that we're supporting, we're working with the channel. The channel is part of our, you know, team as we're out there and landing business. It changes the way the executives are talking. I highly recommend this to other people in the, the channel leadership, um, you know, across our industry to take a look at your channel business as its own P&L. It's virtual, yes, but it's important. I couldn't agree more with Cindy about the value of channel virtual P&Ls. As management guru Edward Deming said, without data, you're just another person with an opinion. Channel virtual P&Ls are powerful tools that are not just based in data, but also convey information to an organization's executives and stakeholders in a context that they understand. 
Thanks for joining us here on Pod 2112. I want to thank my guest, Cindy Herndon of Riverbed, for sharing her insights and experiences with us about channel virtual PLs. And I want to thank all of you for listening into Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group, a smart channel services provider. The 2112 Group supports vendors around the world with research, strategy, and enablement services. For more information about what 2112 can do for you, visit our website or email us at info at the2112group.com. For more insights into channel trends, check out 2112's research, intelligence reports, and blogs on the2112group.com. We have all the details and insights into what's happening in the channel today and in the future. Also, check out our news and analysis site, Channelnomics. It's simply the best place for you and your partners to get the latest updates on products, programs, and business trends impacting the technology channel today. Don't miss a single episode of Pod 2112. Subscribe today on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you don't want to miss a single episode. Thanks again for listening. I'm Larry Walsh. 